0: Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. So, I don't come to you today with answers. I come to provoke your thinking. You see, I work with high achievers, my clients play a very high level game. I'm a high achiever myself, I always have been, and if you're sitting in these seats, it means that in at least one area of your life you excel, you're a high achiever too. And to be a high achiever is to carry a secret. In fact, often to carry more than one secret, and it's those secrets I want to dive into today. It's October 2014, I've flown to London from LA where I live to spend a week with my dad, But in October 2014, he's had ALS for seven years. It's similar to MSA, the condition that got a lot of publicity with the Ice Bucket Challenge. And by now, he can only move in a wheelchair. He struggles to eat. He can't really talk anymore. It's hard to hear him. And I spend a week with him. It's, It's nice. We get this deep connection for a week. And I fly back home, and I land at LAX, and I get a phone call from my brother almost immediately when I land. And he says, "Um, you need to turn around. You need to come straight back home. Things don't look good. So I waited for a few hours. Monique and our boys have been away and I waited for them to join me. And then together a few hours later, we got in an airplane and we flew back to London. I went to the hospital on the first day I arrived. And the doctor said, don't be deceived. Your dad's wearing an oxygen mask. That's actually not a good sign. When patients wear this, it's so uncomfortable, they normally try and pull it off. The fact that he's not doing so means it's very close to the end. I stayed with my dad and my mom and my brothers that day. And that evening, as they left, I said, I'm going to stay for a little bit of time. And I stayed. And and I did the, the hardest thing I've ever done. I looked into my dad's eyes and I said, I said, Dad, if you want to fight this, we're with you and we're here for you. And if you're tired, then we support you too. And we'll we'll take care of Mum. But if you're tired, that's okay too. I was holding his hands. I was looking into his eyes and I I don't know if he heard me or understood me because he didn't, he wasn't able to acknowledge me. But we went into the hospital the next day and the doctors called us in and they said, this is it. There's not much time left. Well, I was very fortunate. I got to be with my dad and hold his hand at the end. Me and my two brothers and my mom were holding his hand and looking into his eyes and saying, we love you, literally as he passed away. And then moments later, the other person in the room was my dad's brother, my uncle. And my uncle said, you boys know, right? You know how proud your dad was of you. And as I said out loud, it sounds like, well, that would make sense that, that he would say that in that moment, but it didn't make sense. You see, I've lived my whole life from this place of trying to prove myself to my dad. All I wanted was for my dad to be proud of me, which meant that every time I was successful in something, I'd give myself about 17 seconds before I'd tell myself I should have done it bigger or better or bolder. I'd get acknowledged for things I'd done in life, and I couldn't even hear the acknowledgements. Or I'd get a bunch of people praising me for something I'd done, and one person, would say something that they didn't like and it would hit me here and I'd collapse for days because all I could think about was that one person who'd criticise me. We carry secrets inside of us as high achievers. For me, it was that I was driven. But you can't get enough of what you don't really need. You can never have enough of what you don't really need. And all that was driving me was this need to prove myself to my dad. And here I am in this room and I hear these words from my uncle your dad's so proud of you. And in the months that's passed since then, I constantly hear people telling me, you know, your dad was so proud of you. But I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. A friend of mine shared that story and he said, you know what, the job of a father is to prepare his sons for life. And the job of a son is to prepare his father for death. He said, by that criteria, I think you've both done a great job. And in that moment, my eyes began to open to a way that I'd showed up in life that had given me all the success I'd ever desired, but it never gave me what I really wanted. I see it in my clients too. The man who manages over a billion dollars of assets, multimillionaire, friends who are world leaders, and Harvard-educated, beautiful homes, travels the world. And yet he's driven because deep inside of him is this deep insecurity. You see, he was an immigrant to the United States and he's deeply, deeply ashamed of that. And all he's ever wanted was to somehow get beyond that and never got there. The money, the jobs, the success, the people he hung out with never gave him what he really needed. You can never have enough of what you don't really need. I'm very fortunate for the last seven years, I've been in a men's group. These are a powerful group of men. There's a man who trains billionaires to be philanthropists, a man who's a rocket scientist right now working to get people on Mars, a world-class photographer, a man who has a wolf sanctuary, a man with a million-dollar business who leads men's work, a very high-end headhunter, and a man who's raising a billion-dollar note to eradicate poverty on the planet. And the reason I love these guys and hate these guys at the same time is that they see through my bullshit, and I see through theirs. We've met every single week for the last seven years, and one of the things we do when we get into our meeting is we circle up, and we look each other in the eyes, and we start with the sentence, what I don't want you to know about me, what I don't want you to know about me. Brene Brown talks about the power of vulnerability. She says, when you share vulnerably with somebody, you sometimes wake up the next morning with what she calls a vulnerability hangover. She says, a vulnerability hangover is when you wake up in the morning and you have this sensation, oh my God, did I really share this with somebody? Did I really share this with this person? And then she goes on to say, if you don't have a vulnerability hangover, you probably didn't share deep enough. So I'd like to introduce you to this exercise right now. It's a little bit edgy. I ask you, I invite you to lean into your comfort zone. If you're willing to lean a little bit beyond your comfort zone, then you're going to start with a sentence. You'll have one minute, and you'll start with a sentence, the words, what I don't want you to know about me. Now, what we do on a regular basis is we share our struggles, but we also share our successes. You see, sometimes when you're super successful, it's hard to share that. If you just had a first seven-figure year, who do you share that with? You might not have people you can share that with. But then if you just had your first seven-figure year, and now you're currently struggling with money, who would you share that with? If you're successful in business but not in love, that's sometimes hard to share with your community. Or if you're successful in love but not in business, you can share your struggles, your successes, your joys, your pains, your challenges, something you're ashamed of. I've got a client who's a professor at an Ivy League school. When she answered that question for me, she said, what I don't want you to know about me is I'm bored. I'm at the top of my game, but I could do this with my eyes closed and I'm bored. I've got a client who's an emergency room physician who said the same words, I'm bored, I could do this with my eyes closed. And then she said, I'm not lonely, but I'm very alone. One of the things about high achievers is they often don't have many people in their world where they can really open up and really share. I worked with a British Special Forces operative, He'd done things that scared me to even think about. And yet, this one thing we were working on was his biggest fear. Now, he'd become a businessman and it turns out that business was his edge and he was very afraid. Too often in life, we don't have a space where we can open up and we can share. So it turns out I've got another secret that I didn't even know till three months ago. Monique, my wife, was away and I was looking after our two little boys. And I emailed my men's group that evening. And I said, guys, I can't get childcare. I can't come. And the email came back to me. You're a powerful man. I'm disappointed in you. You can make this happen. If you want, get childcare sorted. We'll see you this evening. (laughs) And I was angry. And I know better than to reply to an email in anger. But I thought, let me just write it out. Because sometimes just writing it out, right, is what helps. So I wrote out and I said, look, why couldn't you have Reached out to me first and see how you're doing, Rich. Instead of challenging me and saying how powerful you know I am and that you're disappointed, why didn't you reach out and say, How are you doing? Sounds like you might be having a hard time. Let's check in with you first. One of the things I said on the email is, Guys, I'm going through the toughest six months of my life. It doesn't surprise me that I forgot it because it's like I don't share that, right? It's the thing I want to hide. I've got to be strong. And I put that in the email. I'm going through the toughest six months of my life. Couldn't you check in and see how I'm doing before you start challenging me? So it comes back. This is perfect. How can we support you in an extraordinary way, Rich? It's great to see just how deep this pattern of yours is. You go through the toughest six months of your life and none of your friends have any idea. Zero. That's how deeply hidden you are. When you meet your friends, it's about serving them, helping them, appearing strong and not revealing. Why don't you share what's going on with you? Why the need to appear so strong? You wrote, I can't find childcare when you're going through the toughest time of your life. That's a big gap. I'm sorry you're hurting. Ouch, that was painful to read. I hadn't realized just how hard I push help away. And then I secretly resent you for not helping me. Because one of the secrets of many highly successful people is that we can do it on our own, right? We don't need help. We've got this. The irony of this, of course, is that I'm writing this book right now on these secrets of highly successful people. And like many of you may have realized this weekend, we pretty much only ever teach what we most need to learn. What might be possible for those of you who understand what I'm saying about I don't need help if for the first time ever you began to say yes to help, if you began to let help in? So I want to wrap with three things. First, I want to speak to my dad because I want to say, Dad, I know you're proud of me and I love you. I want to say to my little boys that I'm proud of you. And I love you. And as I said at the beginning, I didn't intend to come here with answers for you. I wanted to leave you with a way to provoke your thinking. So I invite you in the hours left as we wrap just to consider where the very things, the very qualities, how you show up in the world that's helped you to become as successful as you've been until now may be the very things standing in your way of what's truly possible for you. Uh, uh, uh. Luciani and this is the Mind Valley podcast.